Last night was the first night of the Republican National Convention. And right off the bat, it was infinitely better than the DNC, at least in terms of production quality. It actually felt kind of normal. And the Republicans did have some cringy moments, but the Democrats had way more cringy moments. And for the most part, we saw Republicans get up, speak in an open room and present their ideas to the public. But the big news right now that the right is cheering about first night of GOP convention delivers nearly six times more views than start of Democrats event on C-SPAN live stream. That's right. The RNC pulled in six times the viewers on C-SPAN. But this isn't the full picture. According to Variety, Democrats actually got better ratings on their first night. Now, this could be explained in many ways. It could just be the overnight ratings for the RNC are a little low and they're skewing Democrat. It could actually be nobody likes the Republicans and people are all watching the Democrats. But I think there's a better way to explain this. I think Democrats are less likely to watch the RNC and Republicans are more likely to watch the DNC. And this goes along with the common saying that Democrats think Republicans are evil. Republicans think Democrats are misguided. Or another idea that we're seeing that people on the left don't follow conservatives, but people on the right follow both conservatives and liberals. There's actually a a chart that I show relatively often showing conservatives get about a third of their news from liberal sources. Moderates have an even mix, but liberals only get their news from liberal sources, which says to me the reason the DNC's viewers viewership was higher is because Republicans were actually watching too. Now that that may just be a bias, but I think this idea lends itself to the ongoing political state we see in this country. I think Donald Trump is the Internet's politician. Online, you have people seeking out news, trying to better understand things, and they come across Donald Trump. When Trump posts a meme, people understand it. Trump supporters understand it. Why? Because they're online engaging with the Internet community. So these inside jokes play well among Trump's base. But on the left, They're, for the most part, just believing, trusting mainstream media. And this results in high profile leftists having no idea what's going on in this country and then being shocked by what they hear at the RNC. If the Democrats actually watched the RNC and actually paid attention to what was going on, they wouldn't be surprised by what Republicans are actually saying. So what do we get? Skewed, biased media and a left that isn't paying attention to what's going on. But as more and more people pay attention, more and more people will start watching both sides because they're they're interested in what both sides have to offer. I mean, Democrats and Republicans. And then ultimately, what do you see? Well, I'll tell you what I see. I see Democrats who are completely clueless. They'll insult Republicans as evil or whatever. But then I watch the riots, people's lives destroyed, people killed, people attacked. And for some reason, these high profile leftists aren't paying attention. I mean, Bill Maher is an excellent example. He understands the threat to free speech, yet still has no idea what's going on. He's always about a month behind the curve from everybody else. If only people like Bill Maher actually looked into the news, watched the videos online to see what was actually happening. So let's do this. Let's break this down. Let's take a look at what's going on with the ratings, because I got to tell you, I think what we're actually seeing, and I can I can probably provide a good reason to believe this. I believe I think the Democrats, these voters aren't paying attention to what's going on. And they're wrapped up in their own bubble where they think they're right. But come November, they will get a shock to their system. Those of us who have been paying attention have pretty much said no to the Democratic Party. 
But let's start with with, with this story. Take a look at what happened with the Republicans uh, ratings and how the Democrats fared and explain why this may be. Before we get started, make sure you head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can give, but the best thing you could do actually subscribe to my channel because I'm pretty sure I just broke a million subs and I'm really excited about that. So thank you to everybody who has subscribed or at the very least, very close to breaking a million subs as, as by the time you're watching this video. But if you really want to help out, just hit the like button, hit the notification bell and share this video. But let's read the first story from the Hill. The first night of GOP convention delivers nearly six times more views than start of Democrats event on C-SPAN. They say C-SPAN's live stream of the first night of the Republican National Convention has attracted nearly 440,000 views, marking a substantial increase over the start of the Democratic National Convention, which drew 76,000 views. The numbers for Monday night come ahead of traditional TV ratings from Nielsen Media Research, which will be released on Tuesday afternoon. So as of right now, I don't have the hard numbers. I just have the TV overnights. So this really does still seem like great news for Republicans. They say Republican National Convention night one down on DNC in early numbers. Now, these are just the early numbers, but they say the RNC night one drew around 4.9 million total viewers, a 14% drop from last Monday's DNC first night, which drew 5.7. Looking at the networks individually, ABC scored the largest total viewership as it did for the DNC, drawing 1.8 million viewers. NBC was right behind with 1.7. As was the case with DNC last week, it appears the RNC is on course for much smaller numbers than previous edition from four years ago. For comparison, the first night of the 2016 RNC delivered 10.1 million viewers in the preliminary broadcast ratings, more than twice the tally from this time around. Equally bad news for both Democrats and Republicans. Everyone was saying, oh man, Democrat viewership was down so much from, from 2016. And it's down again for Republicans too. But this isn't all bad news for Republicans. It shows a shift in what's happening in our politics. I think what we're seeing with the Democrats is the traditional establishment, TV establishment, dying out. And Donald Trump represents the Internet. That's why memes basically drive uh, Trump supporters. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think it's hilarious. But memes are relatively inside jokes. If you don't understand it, you're sitting there confused. And they often say the left can't meme. This is because the left gets their tribal politics from the television, and there are no real memes. But it is true, at least in my opinion, the left has been improving its memes recently. Nowhere near as good as the memes from the Trump base. I mean, the president himself is a master troll. But I think what we're seeing is that as the establishment kind of fades out, loses their power, the left is developing an online community. I'm seeing many left-wing progressive YouTubers starting to do really, really well relative to where they were a long time ago. Some of these channels that have been stagnant for years, all of a sudden seeing a major boost. Why? The establishment is being crushed. The Republicans were crushed out by Trump. The Democrats are about to be finished off by Trump. And this is good news for the left. Those that are online watching progressive channels, let the establishment power go. Donald Trump might get another four years, but at least you'll have a chance to get your ideas out there once people focus on getting their information online. I saw an interesting article from Robbie Suave who said, big tech is not a big threat to conservative speech. The RNC just proved it. While cable news outlets cut away from the convention, social media platforms offered unrestricted access. Robbie's correct. Partly. 
I think big tech is a threat to conservative speech. They're curtailing many ideas and forcing conservatives to move to the left. That's what's happening. It is true that big, you know, these big cable networks, even Fox News, were cutting away from RNC speeches. And many Trump supporters were upset about it, saying, I don't want to watch Hannity. I want to see what the RNC has to say. So if you go online, you will see unrestricted access. And it's no wonder then you see Joe Rogan as like the top podcast in the world. It's no wonder. I mean, I'm stoked on this. And I, I just I'm basically as I'm recording this on the verge of breaking one million subscribers. And this is true for many progressives as well. Individual choice is starting to take over. And the and the age of these big narrative controlling mainstream media corporations, they're dying out. Now, it's fair to say in, 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 in light of what Robbie is saying, there's still bad news for conservatives because these big tech companies favor the left. I mean, right now on social on, on Twitter, for instance, you have all of these leftists advocating for extreme violence with these riots going on. Why won't they shut that down? Meanwhile, they ban every single QAnon account. Not a, I'm not a fan of either. But the fact is, there is a bias and it results in something unfortunate for the left right now. I want you I want to sh- I want to show you this this post from Seth MacFarlane, not the most important individual in politics, but he has 14 million followers. And he said, just caught up with the Republican convention. Jesus, those propaganda pieces were pretty chilling. Near future sci-fi couldn't do any better. Really, Seth, have you bothered to Google search anything that they talked about with the chaos going on? No, he probably is just getting his news from mainstream media like the LA Times. RNC speakers paint California as a dangerous dystopia. Yeah, when you read mainstream media, you're probably like, huh, this doesn't align with my view. Because these journalists are in a bubble that is ever diminished. It's, it's getting smaller and smaller every year. A new study just showed us the bubble in, in the Beltway in D.C. is smaller than it was in 2016. Seth tweeted, my grandfather was a Republican. We disagreed on a lot, but we both respected the truth and each other. This is not his party. There was no screamed rhetoric until the GOP finds itself again. I implore honorable conservatives to preserve the future by voting. Nah, <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I'm not seeing it, Seth. Not at all. I'm not a conservative. I'm actually going the other direction. I'm getting away from the Democrats. You know why? I'm paying attention and I'm watching these videos from around the country and my heart is being squeezed when I see these videos, not just in the sense that I am, I am brought to deep emotions watching a man near tears because his family business was destroyed by lunatics but it's being squeezed by the likes of you, these mindless leftist liberal whatevers who aren't paying attention, but would tell others what to do. I don't blame Seth. It's not his job to be a journalist, but you need to actually start paying attention. I love how these leftists say, if you aren't paying attention, you know, uh, if you're not mad, you're not paying attention, things like that. Silence is violence. Yeah, well, they're not wrong. They're paying attention to social media. Seth is not. So while there are problems with social media and these bubbles and all of that stuff, at least you can see the videos for yourself. The problem with the left, they're getting propaganda. And as collectivists, they just believe what their priests have to say. On the right, as individuals, we seek out information. We look at who is saying what, where's the source. You're more likely to find people challenging you. In fact, I get it. I get it all the time. People try to say that I'm objective and more, I'm, you know, I'm more honest and all that stuff. I still get people in the comments saying, here's where you were wrong. And I often have to issue corrections because of it. Because even people who watch me expecting to see the truth often know more about many of these issues than I do. And that's true. 
And I accept it. It's just the way it is. Now, I do my, my, my work in trying to source all the information properly to the best of my ability. But when it comes to issues like a, a better example is not necessarily that my opinions are wrong. Some people would disagree. But there are some instances where I'll talk about, say, firearms, for which I am not an expert. And people will respond and they'll say, hey, you were wrong about this. Here's the, here's the, you know, the, here's the thing about guns you got wrong. I'll say, oh, wow, I didn't know that. So there's, there's a more back and forth. It's always been that way online. For someone like Seth, with 14 million followers, he's just reading the news. He doesn't know. Take a look at this video. James Woods tweets, his parents started a business in their garage 40 years ago. Democrats supported Black Lives Matter and Antifa terrorists burn it to the ground for no reason. This dude is fighting back tears. This video broke my heart, man. What did this guy? He said, I didn't do anything to anybody. What did I do to deserve this? Why do bad things? You know, this is me now. I'm, I, that, that was his line. But why do bad things have to happen to good people? Because sometimes there are bad people because bad people hurt good people because this guy, his family started a business and one day he wakes up to find it was all taken from him by extremists who don't care about any of us. And you get someone like Seth just reading, you know, mainstream news and watching the TV. He has no idea what these people are going through. And he's like, join the riots, everybody. Now, not literally, but he's like, I want every honorable conservative to please consider voting for the Democrats. I got bad news for you. Take a look at this tweet from Walid Shahid. He is the very senior Democratic strategist, uh, Spocks for Justice Democrats. He tweeted, an interesting dynamic in the latest CBS poll. Only 5% of Republicans say they're voting for Joe Biden. Right now, that's lower than the 8% of Republicans who voted for Obama in 08, 6% of Republicans who voted for Obama in 2012, and 7% of Republicans who voted for Hillary Clinton. While Seth MacFarlane, and, and, and I'm, I'm sorry to drag him. I mean, he's just, he's got 14 million followers. He's a really good example of many of these liberals who have no idea what's happening around them. While they're saying we call on conservatives to vote Democrat, Republicans are less likely now to vote for the Democrat than they were with Hillary Clinton. And that to me is surprising. Now, there, there's many reasons to explain why this might be. It could be that since 2016, many of those Republicans who voted for Hillary left. And if 7% seven left, then we're actually seeing a larger number of conservatives who would vote for Hillary. I can't speculate as to what that is. All I can do is tell you is that over the, over the past several elections, there have been more Republicans voting Democrat than today. It's lower. And I think it's fair to say you are more likely to see former Democrats vote for Trump than the inverse. Walk away is a real phenomenon. You can't you can't tell me it's not true when we see rallies with Brandon Strzok of the walk away campaign, but you don't see it in the inverse. Where are the big never Trumper rallies? Oh, we see the swamp monsters, former Republican congressional candidates and, and, and politicians saying they're going to vote for Biden. Oh, those, are, those are the swamp monsters. You think I care about those people? I don't like any of the Republicans now, except for a small handful. I don't like Republicans. I don't like Democrats. And that's how it's been for a lot of Trump voters. Now, of course, tons of Republicans and conservatives love Trump. But Trump was able to capture independent voters and it took long enough. But he got me and it's partly due to the insanity I've seen going on nonstop. Insanity like this. Chris Cuomo said Monday that it's not always necessary to fact check Democratic politicians because they're not lying the way Trump does. Interesting. Why fact check Democrats when they're not lying the way Trump does from the Daily Caller? That's right. Mainstream media ran a fact check on the RNC live, cutting away, interrupting and actually lying because that's what they do. It used to be 
The mainstream media controlled what you thought. They don't do that anymore. I mean, they do. But now we have social media. There is no one financing my operation. And I love how people try to make that claim. Sorry, never going to happen. They like to claim Tim Pool is secretly funded by this, by that. Nope, nope, just not true. Never true. Never been true. I've, I have started this on my own. I have built this from the ground up. And through people choosing to watch my content, I've been able to succeed. These big media companies, I've worked for them. You know what they do? If you don't play ball, they don't put you on TV. If you don't play ball, they don't give you the platform. They have the platform. If you want to stand on the stage, you got to play by the rules. And when I said, I am not going to lie, they said, well, then go have fun sitting in the corner because you're under contract. And I said, okay, it's called golden handcuffs. And when my con- I, tried, I tried severing my contract. When my contract ended, I was gone. But people like Cuomo, this is the dirty game they play to manipulate politics, to tell you what you should think. And I'll give you the perfect example. Donald Trump tweeted this, and you you probably heard the story, but it's important context for what I'm getting into. Did Democrats omit under God from the Pledge of Allegiance? Yes, twice. And Donald Trump tweeted, the Democrats omitted under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a mistake. They actually did. So Snopes runs a fact check, mostly false. What do you mean mostly false? Trump said they did. And then they say, what's true? The phrase under God was omitted from at least two recitations of the Pledge of Allegiance at individual caucus meetings during the DNC in 2020. Is this the fact checking they're talking about? Why don't they fact check the DNC in real time? Why don't they at least set up a fact check in real time? Here's what's funny. You mean to tell me that Chris Cuomo says Democrats don't lie like Trump does. So we didn't even bother testing, you know, uh, setting up, preparing for a fact check. Think about it. In advance of the DNC and the RNC, they said, we will not fact check Democrats. We will fact check Republicans. So what happens then when Democrats do lie? And they did several times. There was no one there to fact check them. At the very least, CNN could have said, we have set up a live fact checking for the DNC, though we don't think it will be nearly as bad as the RNC. We are going to fact check in real time and do what we can. And even bother doing that. Even if the Democrats lied 10 times and Trump lied 100, shouldn't we still call out the Democrats lies? The reality is the media and the Democrats lie all the time. Sometimes Trump is wrong. Sometimes Trump is very wrong. But to insinuate that he's lying would mean you know his intent. Now, I certainly think Trump lies. I do. Come on, every they all do. They're all politicians. But I think Trump is all right. And I think Trump is actually way more honest than they are. I, if, look, if you think Trump's not lying, at least some of the time, I got a bridge to sell you. Now, the reality is they're all going to try and play PR and lie. But Trump talks about things and then he does them. Does he always win? No, he likes to say he does, but he doesn't always. But at least I know when he says something, I, I believe it because I, 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 I think the guy just kind of blurts things out. But here's what we hear from the RNC. Here's what we hear from, from Republicans. California is a dangerous dystopia. Vacancies, inventory in the real estate market in San Francisco is skyrocketing. It's going up for every market in California or for many of the markets in California. I can't say every, just several of the major cities. People are leaving. There's a joke in California. That, uh, it, there's, there's, a, there's a joke in Los Angeles. It's welcome to Los Angeles. When you leave, take someone with you because there's too many people and people often go there expecting to find some dream and then they leave. California has very serious problems. Now, listen, a dangerous dystopia. Republicans are going to highlight the worst things that are happening because they need to be dealt with. The mainstream media ignores all of these things. Case in point, this man who was crying in front of his life, which was completely destroyed. 
But what else does the media tell us? What other lies do they push? Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci both said that we can safely vote in person. Then we should be done here, right? But the media won't shut up without evidence, without evidence, unfounded claims. Mail-in voting is safe. We need, we need to protect ourselves from COVID. Let me tell you what's really going on. From Politico, as Dems push mail-in voting, black and Latino voters wary. New research shows why two-thirds of both groups prefer to vote in person and why Democrats aren't pushing everyone to vote by mail. Interesting. This was reported a long time ago. We know it's true. Okay, the people who are likely to be disenfranchised with mail-in voting are minorities. They're first-time voters. They're young voters. But for some reason, even though we can vote in person, the Democrats keep saying we have to, it's unsafe, blah, blah, blah. We, we, we get stories like this. The big challenge, I would say, is this. I go to outlets like Politico, and I trust what they're saying is true. To be fair, Politico reports this, so did the Washington Post and several other outlets, which is why I believe it's more likely to be true than not. But it could all be a lie. I don't know why they would lie unless they wanted to help Donald Trump. But this is the big problem. You look at the Democrats, they're on TV, and there it is. To wrap this all back together, the DNC got more television viewership ratings than the RNC did, than the RNC did. That's what we're seeing right now. I think it's fair to say when the total numbers, you know, when the total numbers come in, probably around the time you're already watching this video, the Republicans will have done better. But what we really need to focus on is not the TV ratings. It's the digital ratings. Republicans did get six times the viewership of the Democrats. And that means Democrats aren't paying attention. And there it is. So how do you make them pay attention? Well, it's really difficult because Chris Cuomo says Trump's lying all the time. They won't tell you about the riots. They'll say peaceful protesters. That's what the Democrats did at the DNC over and over and over again. If the Democrats aren't watching online, then I think we have the best possible evidence as to why someone like Seth MacFarlane or Bill Maher are so completely out of touch. What happened to those union Democrats? I, I think they're voting for Trump, man. I remember those videos. You maybe saw them in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, when these, when a bunch of guys probably looked like they were middle-aged to early thirties showed up to protect the Christopher Columbus statue. These guys aren't Republicans, dude. Philly is overwhelmingly Democrat. You want to, you want to try and convince me that these union Democrat, union Democrat guys, they're all of a sudden going to be like, well, we, we don't like Trump. They're tearing down our statues. They're destroying our homes and businesses. They're marching around screaming in our faces, calling us all of the worst names in the book. And you think those people are the are going to be principled conservatives that vote for Joe Biden? I don't buy it. I, I absolutely don't buy it. Hey, the polls all show Biden's winning. But I'll tell you what, it's because, in my opinion, these people do not pay attention. We're seeing a shift. Donald Trump is the is the candidate for the Internet era. Joe Biden is old school in so many ways. And these journalists and these news outlets are doing everything in an old school way, and they can't properly track what's really going on. But you mean to tell me with videos like this, Black Lives Matter mob forces DC restaurant patrons to raise fist in black power salute and those that don't get harassed, berated and screamed at, insulted. You mean to tell me that all of this stuff going on and people are going to vote for Joe Biden? Conservatives? are No, they're not. I think one of the reasons conservatives are more likely to be online and paying attention is because the mainstream media doesn't serve them, isn't telling them what's really happening. And so when they see this narrative, they say, I don't know if I believe that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go online and look. Last time I was on Rogan, I said that I think conservatives are less likely to be online and thus they're getting a lot of their information from the likes of Fox News and through memes. I thought that because Democrats were hyper online, they were being radicalized very quickly. 
Someone said afterwards, I was way wrong about that. And I think I was. I don't necessarily know who's online more or, or, or who isn't. But I think what we can see is trust in mainstream media plays a role in this. Conservatives have more access to the internet. They use their phones. They're sharing memes. And they're seeking ways to share ideas outside of the mainstream. And this is where someone like, uh, like, like uh, uh, me comes in. Lifelong liberal, leaning left. All of a sudden, I'm voting Trump. Why? Because I do this for a living. I research this stuff. I'm independent. I have no boss. There's no one around me influencing me for the most part. I have friends that I work with and I have some staff. But for the most part, I do all of my information sourcing and I fact check all of these things. In these newsrooms, when I worked at these other places, they would just hear what their friends were saying, typically from a meme or some other mainstream source. They wouldn't search outside their bubble. I think what we're seeing right now, liberals who go online to figure out why, why was their building burned down? Open up a whole new world of what's going on. People who actually watch a Donald Trump speech say, hey, that's not what the media said. I think it only takes someone to you know, watch Trump speak one time, to give a press conference one time, the full speech, to realize Trump's actually pretty good. I used to say he's not that, he's bad, he's not that bad. Now I think he's, he's pretty good. I do. Pretty good. I looked at his, his agenda. My opinion shifted greatly. But more importantly, I'm going to give Trump credit for one thing. When he was giving his press conference uh, uh, at the RNC, he said, I'm not going to say this bad word about someone. And I was like, thank you. I know a lot of people think it's silly, but it, 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 is, it does play a role. It does play a role. But most importantly was his agenda list. I think it's good. I really do. I think any rational person would agree. But if you only watch the mainstream news, they'll tell you Trump's lying nonstop. You show them the truth online, alternate sources, facts. I mean, alternate sources in the sense like, don't just watch CNN. They're lying to you. Remember when, uh, who was it, Shudo or Cuomo said, you can't read the WikiLeaks emails, it would be illegal. That's what they're trying to do. They're saying, don't go, no, 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 no. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop right here and tell you this. The only thing you need to know, I want you to do your own research. I don't want you to just believe everything I say. I don't want you to be dependent. I want you to be free. I want you to be responsible and I want you to be a strong individual. That's the difference between the two factions and it's reshaping the parties. Those who blindly follow saying, tell me what to do. And those who say, I'm going to find out on my own. And that's why we're seeing politically homeless individuals. We're seeing liberals voting for Trump, moderates voting for Trump. And I think that's why people like Seth, Marlin, Seth MacFarlane, Bill Maher, these other high profile leftists have no idea what's going on. They don't care. They never cared. And they're just hearing meme, like they're hearing meme ideas, you know, occupy Democrats and things like that. It's skewing their perception. So anyway, here's the main point of this whole rant. When I saw that Republicans had more digital viewership, I said that fits, it fits into my hypothesis exactly as I expected it, that conservatives are active online seeking out information. And when I saw that Democrats had higher television viewership, I said that makes sense too. They're mindlessly just following the herd, whatever the TV says. Makes sense, doesn't it? We'll see how things play out come November, but Trump's got good news coming up. So I've got, I've got more information on uh, uh, Trump's polls and things like this coming up at 6 p.m. So check it out over at youtube.com slash timcastnews at 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. and I will see you all then. Last night, we saw more rioting in various cities across this country. And I believe Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Kenosha, these, these various areas, it's the worst we have ever seen. Now, I said that yesterday. For those that are following what's going on with the now Jacob Blake riots, a man, uh, several armed individuals, leftists, were pointing guns 
at, or I should say at least one of them was pointing a gun at a sheriff's vehicle. You then hear gunshots, the camera pans, and there's the guy. He's got his gun raising it up. Someone runs over to him. It sounds like he fired at this, this armored sheriff's vehicle. We don't know for sure, but it's been reported at least, you know, shots were fired. I mean, you can, you can hear it in the video. Now we have more coming out from yesterday. We know more about what happened with this guy, Jacob Blake. He was apparently fighting with cops before he tried fleeing, getting into his car before getting shot. We've got an update now that Jacob Blake is paralyzed from the waist down, but he survived. We've got several videos coming out of the riots last night, and I'm telling you, it's the worst we have ever seen. In one video, they say, families are trapped in burning buildings in Kenosha. I don't know if this is true. It's not confirmed. But in the video, you hear someone say, it says Kenosha, Wisconsin in the bottom left. Someone says there are, there are people trapped inside or something, something to that effect. Not confirmed. For all I know, it's a random video from a fire from several years ago. But I'm highlighting this just because it's got 1.8 thousand retweets and, and comments. And I want to stress so far, I have not been able to confirm that people are trapped, that, that people were trapped in the building, but it is going around. And I think it's important to say this may be true, may not be, you know, we don't know, but we, we do know for sure multiple buildings were set on fire during second night of unrest in Kenosha. Now I'll tell you what the most alarming thing to me is, and it's this video right here. Ag- uh, Special Agent Vitti just says Milwaukee. That's it. But in this video, I can't, I can't play it. You have, you have to pull it up. And I mean it. You know why? Several people are, are pulling over. Apparently, they're Black Lives Matter, you know, affiliated. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, you call them whatever you want to call them. I don't know if you want to call them extremists, protesters, whatever. The point is, several individuals pull up, park their cars, and a guy in a house across the street comes out with a gun, and it sounds like he fires a warning shot. Then you hear this guy say, they're shooting at us. You hear someone yelling, we're leaving, we're leaving. You don't need that or something to that effect. Then you hear several shots and it sounds like the vehicle where the guy's filming gets hit and they hit the ground. If this is, I mean, assuming this is legit. And again, I don't know where this video comes from. You've got locals coming out with guns and shooting at these people now. I think uh, it was predictable, entirely predictable. So let me give you an update on the fires. I mean, the story about the fires in Milwaukee and Kenosha, I'm sorry, in Kenosha, I, I, it's very it's very straightforward. They say multiple buildings were set on fire overnight in Kenosha during the second night of unrest following the police-involved shooting of Jacob Blake. As the curfew was set to begin Monday night, August 24th in Kenosha, the situation outside the courthouse between the police and demonstrators started changing. Police began deploying tear gas and smoke as protesters lit fireworks in the parking lot. <laughs> you can't call them protesters, man. I'm sick of it. It's something else. They mentioned Around midnight, not far from the courthouse, fires were set to multiple buildings near 11th and 60th in Kenosha. And we end up seeing the story about people being trapped inside. Now, there are some outlets reporting this, but they're just saying it's reportedly because we don't have hard confirmation. And it's very, very important. You don't spread this around until we know for sure. So we may never know. We may not. But uh, keep, you know, always keep a little bit of skepticism uh, in your back pocket because a lot of people want to spread and sow discord, okay? But we got some major breaking news, and then we'll talk about what's going on in the rest of this country, because we got Portland news as well. But check this out. New footage shows Jacob Blake brawling with cops before being shot as two white Wisconsin officers are placed on leave while police chief calls Governor Tony Evers wholly irresponsible for condemning law enforcement. Yep. And so did Joe Biden. Joe Biden and the governor rushed to, to condemn the officers 
And now it turns out this guy was fighting with him, had an open warrant. They tried to stop him. He reached into his vehicle. So is it tragic? Yes. Is it the fault of the officers? Not necessarily. I say not necessarily because although there are many conservatives saying that it was justified, I think we need a better system. I'm not going to blame the individual officers for trying to stop a guy who's got an open warrant for a felony for assaulting presumably a woman. And then when he reaches into his vehicle, what do you do? There's no, there's no good answer. There isn't. So I'm not blaming the cops for this. I, I would say it's not their fault. Not, I say not necessarily because I think we have a system where uh, we, we need some kind of reform. We need a better way to deal with situations like this. And the answer may actually be more cops. Seriously. You, you, you send a bunch of, you send out more cops for calls like this, and you have a better chance of securing the situation and stopping this individual from fleeing. What you got to understand about this, this guy was fighting with cops, okay? He's got an open warrant. And now imagine you're, this, you're, imagine you're outside and you see a guy who's wanted for a felony and you try to stop him and he starts fighting you and then he reaches into his vehicle. So many, you, 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 the videos that never go viral are the ones where the cop is like walking up to a car and he's like, how's it going? And then all of a sudden the guy pulls out a gun and starts shooting the cop. These things happen. They don't happen all the time. It's rare. And sometimes these videos do go viral. But people will share, you know, these videos go viral because they say, injustice, he was shot in the back. Well, hold on, man. It's just not that simple. You don't know what it's like in these circumstances. They say Jacob Blake, 29, an unarmed black man was shot seven times by a white cop in Kenosha. Police were responding to a domestic incident at a home in the area, though the nature of the dispute is unclear. Video shows Blake walking toward an SUV as at least three cops follow him with guns drawn. Blake appears to ignore police orders to stop and tries to get into the vehicle. That's when at least seven gunshots ring out. Video filmed from another angle shows Blake and at least two cops wrestling on the sidewalk near the car. In this clip, Blake is seen extricating himself from the brawl and walking towards the driver's side of the SUV. Democratic Governor Tony Evers said 125 members of the National Guard would be in Kenosha on Monday night. Kenosha Police Union blasted Evers for wholly irresponsible statement calling shooting excessive force. The Kenosha Police Department declared a state of emergency curfew for Monday night beginning at 8 p.m. The shooting ignited outrage in Kenosha as local residents gathered to protest and denounce the police. Some smashed squad cars. So, so this we all understand. So this is this is this is yesterday. And, and actually, this video ha- has been out, has been has been flying around. Apparently, it doesn't matter to anybody. The, another update we have here is from Jonathan Lemire. He says, father of black man shot in Kenosha, shot by Kenosha police tells the Chicago Sun-Times his son is paralyzed from the waist down. I, I, I'm you know, sad to hear it, you know, but um, I, I, don't, I don't know what you expect. You got an open warrant. You're fighting with cops. They try to stop you. It's tragic. But we're seeing more than just the riots. We're seeing the inverse. I mentioned the, the most alarming thing to me is this, this, uh, this uh, video coming out showing a resident firing at these Black Lives Matter people. Check out this. Armed citizens attempt to guard Kenosha, uh, attempt to guard local business in Kenosha. In this video, you've got several armed men. They're not doing anything. So hopefully YouTube doesn't get mad at me for this because these guys are just standing around. When asked, they say, the person who owns this business didn't do anything to you. He's like, if you want to take it out of the government, I got, I'm, 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 I'm not fighting that. You know, if you want to tear on lampposts, I don't care. But this building, the guy who owns this, he didn't do anything to you or anybody else. One other guy says, for all we know, the guy who owns this business is out marching with you. They don't care about that. They don't. And I think they're, they're, look, 
They're coming to residential areas. They're coming to rural areas. They've gone to the suburbs. They're harassing individuals. And I've got some crazy stuff to go through. And we'll talk about Portland, too. This is uh, uh, breaking 911. Milwaukee protest leader Frank Sensabaugh, also known as Frank Nitty, says someone in his group was shot by homeowners in PA while the activist group was en route to D.C. events. I believe this is the same video from earlier, but this is breaking 911, giving us some more context. And take a look at this video. Matt Walsh says Black Lives Matter scumbags demand that diners at restaurant raise their fist for black power. Brave young couple retains dignity and refuses. Be that couple. Don't be the embarrassing mustachioed coward to the left who has forfeited his dignity for all time. In this video and many others like it, Black Lives Matter groups are marching around and going to outdoor restaurants and demanding everybody raise their fist. And those who don't, they scream in their faces. This is terrorism. This is overt terrorism. It's literally what we said we will not tolerate. People burning down buildings, threatening innocent people because they want political, they, they want their social cause to be enforced. And they're enforcing it. This is, this is, uh, I'm, I'm, it's unfortunate, man, but I think we can only expect things to get worse. So please take it seriously. You know, and I said yesterday, I hope you've all prepared, either gotten out of the cities, bought some self-defense, you know, a firearm, something to protect your home from these people. I said it. And then sure enough, we see escalation. The challenging part is the only the only real outcome, in my opinion, could be this getting worse. These people are emboldened. Of course, every day there's going to be video footage of some cop. You know why? Because we have 330 something million in this uh, people in this country. How many times is a cop going to interact with a criminal? It's going to happen more and more. And then the more this happens, the more the videos will come out. And even though these incidents may be actually on decline, even though it's on the decline, people will see the footage and they'll act like it's not. Now over in Portland and many other places, we've seen uh, uh, ongoing riots. Check it out. Portland's protest three months in, no end in sight. They say in late July, Mayor Ted Wheeler had an idea he hoped would end the nightly clashes between protesters and police in Portland. He texted Sonia Schmansky, a top aide, that he had a plan that was high risk, but he added that the city had nothing to lose. His idea? Tell his police force to stand down. And there it is. No joke. No games. No more speculation. The Portland police were told to stand down. So whose fault is it? Not Donald Trump's. Not the federal government. Not the DHS. The mayor of Portland told the police to stand down. We got nothing to lose. And then it got worse. And they went to people's homes and they attacked some woman. And they're still doing it because they were told to stand down. It was a move protesters had urged for months, arguing that police decked in riot gear needlessly raised the tension of the nightly protests. Wheeler told OPB he too had noticed a calming de-escalation effect on nights when police stayed out of sight. But the protests soon drifted to the east side of the city. And Wheeler said he was persuaded that the plan was too dicey as protesters began targeting police buildings near homes and residential neighborhoods. I was persuaded that a, a complete withdrawal, even for one evening to test the ability to completely deescalate the situation, would be a risk that was too great. He said in an interview last week, we cannot risk the people who were in the immediate vicinity. But apparently he did it. Apparently uh, he did it. And what happened? I was wondering why it was the cops were standing down. Well, now it would seem I'm, I'm assuming he implemented the plan. I mean, he's talking about his idea to do it. He later said we couldn't even risk it for one day. I don't buy it. 
the police have, have, have been standing down nonstop. The mayor allowed this to happen. Don't let this come to your cities and don't let it come to the federal government. Could you imagine what would have happened if Joe Biden was president when the Portland police told the, I'm sorry, when the Portland mayor told the police to stand down? Could you imagine what would have happened? They would have gone to the courthouse. They would have broken in and Biden would have said, oh, you know, the thing we're going to do, uh, you know, uh, would he have would he have sent in packed the ICE officer CBP to defend the courthouse? I really don't believe so. Donald Trump said that what we're seeing in Portland is a preview of what's to come in this country if Joe Biden wins. Of course, the left is arguing that, you know, Donald Trump is is being hyperbolic and he's dark. Let me show you the reality of the situation. Biden calls for officers to be held accountable in Wisconsin shooting. Yep. Here's what he said. Reuters, U.S. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden on Monday said the police shooting of a black Wisconsin man, Jacob Blake, calls for an immediate full and transparent investigation and the officers must be held accountable. He blames the cops right off the bat. We don't even know what happened. You tell a police officer, we got a situation, domestic violence. Be advised, a man on this street has an open warrant and at one point have been arrested for illegal concealed carry. These cops have to make a decision. Do I go in and try and break up this fight and stop somebody from potentially being hurt? Or do I say, no way somebody could possibly have a gun as a criminal? Maybe they didn't even know about his open warrant. Let's put it this way. The cops are told, you got a fight breaking out. They need help. They pull up. They see a guy that's fighting with them. This guy is, is perceived, they, they perceive him as dangerous. Now you got to make a choice. Let this guy go after he was just fighting you. He's got kids in his van or stop him from leaving. They tried to stop him from leaving. I don't think the cops were chasing him thinking that they were going to kill him. He starts walking away, ignoring their commands. And then he opened his van and reached in his vehicle. And that's when the moment happened. And Joe Biden blames the cops. The cops must be held accountable. A complete investigation must be done. You know, here's what, let, let, let me make sure I read it again. U.S. Democratic President Joe Biden on Monday said the police shooting calls for an immediate full and transparent investigation and the officers must be held accountable. He did not say we need to find the facts of these circumstances and figure out what went wrong here and who is responsible. No, he straight up said the officers must be held accountable. In that statement, he's already drawn a conclusion. Accountable for what? For what? Excessive? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. That's my, that's my question to Joe Biden. When I see this and I see what happened in Portland and I see what's happening now in Kenosha, what do you think is going to happen when Joe, if Joe Biden becomes president and there's a riot in your town? What happens when they come to your house and they try breaking onto your property and you say, not in my town and you defend your family? Joe Biden's going to say, this guy, look in his house with a gun, peaceful protesters, lock him up. They keep calling them peaceful protesters. They're blaming the police. A man, a, a, a building burned down in Minneapolis. A guy was burnt to death inside, 30 plus dead. And yet they still say every day, demonstrators, protesters, peaceful protesters. Yeah, OK. And now Joe Biden is saying, hold the officers accountable. So what do you think happens when they come to your neighborhood? Do you think Joe Biden's going to have your back? Do you think he's going to say these, these innocent homeowners in the suburbs? I really, really don't think so. I don't. That's why yesterday I made a video saying that's it. Trump's second term agenda. I'm voting for him. 
That's that's all I can say. I I just don't care at this point. I really don't care. And it's funny, you know, I, I've got I've got uh, friends and I've got, you know, people, you know, uh, very personal connections, people I've known for a very, very long time. I'll put it that way. A lot of people telling me they're secretly voting for Trump. And I've I, I have no problem saying how I really feel and what I want to do. And I, I sincere sincere before and saying, eh, I'm leaning towards it. Now I'm straight up. You know what, man? No, this stuff from Joe Biden is is insane. It's absolutely insane. The couple who pointed guns at protesters tell Republican convention that suburbs in peril. They're right. They're, they're right. They are trying to prosecute the McCloskeys, a white St. Louis couple who brandished guns at Black Lives Matter protesters outside their home in June, were given a prominent speaking slot at the Republican National Convention on Monday, repeating unfounded claims by President Trump that Democrats will destroy America's suburbs. Unfounded. That's an opinion. Unfounded. Reuters, that's fake news. Unfounded. They're going to rural areas. They march to the suburbs. They've gone to areas where my family lives. And I've talked to family members. I've talked to friends in Chicago saying, I, I was surprised to see them this far out. They were, they were knocking things over, destroying things in the suburbs. It already happened. We got a video right now, apparently of a dude in a rural area getting shot at. And they say unfounded. Donald Trump is talking about this urbanization plan Joe Biden has. They want to build low income, high density housing in suburban areas. How is that unfounded? They literally want to do it. They're coming to other cities. You know, we got uh, this tweet, Madison, Wisconsin. We got Charlotte protests, I guess, Chicago, a bunch of other cities. And now we can see how it's going to play out in November. uh, Ryan James Gradusky says C-SPAN caller, a Democrat, just said he was switching his registration to Republican because he's concerned about crime. The calls tonight have been heavily focused on crime and how Democrats are becoming increasingly radical. Yeah, I'm right there, man. The mayor of Portland wanted the cops to stand down. They did. So I'm assuming he told them to do it. What happens when that comes to your town? I don't care where you live. You're going to elect these people who are going to tell the, the, the cops to stand down. Look at what happens in Chicago. The National Guard apparently is clashing in Kenosha. Chicago refuses to bring out the National Guard. This is this. This was a Monday, a Monday night. I've been doing this for a long time. I used to go on the ground all the time. Weekdays are always boring. Saturday was always the craziest. And it still seems to be because people, some of these people still do have jobs, some kind of responsibility through the week. They come out on the weekends. Now, because of COVID, because of the lockdown, we're seeing people come out during the weekdays. If it was this bad on a Monday, then I'm really worried about what happens tonight. But I'm showing you this because I think enough regular people recognize the problem of the Democrats and perhaps will vote Republican. It's kind of crazy. I'm at a point where I, I've said it before. I defer. That's it. I'm done. I announce I'm, I, I'm, I'm still not a Republican, still not a conservative, still consider myself liberal. And I think about what Carrie, Carrie Smith was a guest on the podcast uh, this past week. And she says, you know, she's part of a, she has a, I don't know if she calls it a group or whatever, but liberals for Trump. That's how she describes it. Liberals for Trump. That's where I'm at. My policy positions haven't changed, but Trump released an agenda and he says ending these foreign wars, bolstering our cybersecurity defenses, going to the moon, congressional term limits. And I say, dude, I will take it. I will absolutely take it. You know why? Like I said, Joe Biden 
If they started tearing down statues, burning down the church across from the White House, Joe Biden would say, oh, well, you know, peaceful protesters, just like all the other Democrats have done so far. All of these cities where the chaos is, is, ter- is, is erupting, Democrat controlled. OK, n- not all of them, but for the most part, for the most part. There are some smaller towns that, that saw rioting. But for the most part, it's these Democrat cities. And people like to point out, well, it's because Democrats tend to control high density cities and it changes nothing. Then you got a problem with high density cities, I guess. Does it mean anything? Why is there a tendency for Democrats to be in charge of high density cities? I don't know. But there you go. Whatever that ideology is, whatever that political position is, it's resulting in this. The mayor of Portland, stand down, cops. Joe Biden, oh, we got to hold the officers accountable. Jump in the gun before anybody knows what really happened. It's just like we saw in Atlanta, morality policing and political prosecution. I wouldn't be surprised if every cop just quits at some point. And that's what they want. That's why Joe Biden is dangerous, in my opinion, because of things like this, because of this ridiculous statement he said yesterday, because he doesn't know what he's talking about, but he's willing to throw the cops under the bus. So how many people, how many officers are going to get that call? We've got a disturbance man possibly armed. And they're going to be like, no way I'm not going there. You want me to be these guys on TV? Nope. I'm not going to put myself in a dangerous situation. And the left wants it. They don't want the cops around. Look what they do when there are no cops. They go around smashing and burning, burning everything up. And then we see brawls in the street. That's what they want to abolish the police. And they're going to do it by any means necessary. And if that means by, uh, you know, through politics, which has worked in some places, they'll do it. And if that means getting someone like Joe Biden in, who's a pathetic coward, one of the worst cowards I've ever seen, Joe Biden, he's duplicitous, a history of plagiarism, lies, and now he hides like a coward. Heaven help us if this man gets elected. I don't think Trump is perfect, but at a time like this, these people must be stopped. They're, they're, they're insane. Joe Biden is, is, is a, a wad of cookie dough. And these people are going to are going to take him and they're going to tear him to shreds. And he's already on his knees begging them while crying like a pathetic coward in his basement. The dude literally hides in his basement. I'm not even exaggerating. So let me let me tell you something. When they showed up and attacked the courthouse in Portland, Donald Trump did not hesitate. He sent in he bolstered the, the, the law enforcement for the feds and said, we're defending the courthouse. End of story. And they smeared him and they dragged him. And he said, that's it. Joe Biden blames the cops, criticizes Trump while hiding in his basement. When they come to your neighborhood, like, the, like we see in Wisconsin or in Pennsylvania, like we've seen in St. Louis, like we've seen in Provo when they shot the driver, like we're seeing in LA, when they come to your neighborhood, who would you prefer to be in charge? The, 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 bo- the boisterous uh, bully the orange man saying, we're going to have law and order. We're sending in the, in, in the feds. We're not going to allow this to happen. The guy who's saying we can deploy the National Guard. We've got federal law enforcement on standby. Just send, send, give us the word. Or do you want the guy sniveling in his basement who can't talk straight? That's insane to me. Insane. I think things will get worse tonight. But I'll tell you what, the more it happens, the more I think people are waking up and they're going to vote Trump. And that's why I show uh, uh, this, this tweet from Ryan. Democrats switching his registration because he's concerned about crime. Nobody wants to live like this. I don't. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. In my previous segment, I mentioned that several Black Lives Matter individuals 
were shot at by a local in Pennsylvania. We now have confirmation and we now potentially have evidence to suggest why this is happening. According to several social media posts, which I can't confirm, these these people that were going around, they're, they're apparently going on some trip from Wisconsin to D.C. for Black Lives Matter events, have been threatening and harassing locals in various rural areas. Again, can't confirm, but we do have videos showing people in rural areas saying we could hang around. We know where you live, things like that. It may or may not be true, but we do have this confirmation at the very least. And whether or not it is the same group harassing these small towns, they're still harassing these small towns. People in videos are seen harassing locals, telling them we know where you live. And in Wisconsin, brutal and graphic video continues to surface. A man with a fire extinguisher trying to save his business was clubbed over the back of the head. And the black, these, these, these Black Lives Matter uh, rioters, man, they tried to kill this guy straight up. They're marching around with rifles, with guns. And we've got more video coming out. Elijah Schaefer, reporter, someone pulled a gun, pointed it in his face, and you hear a click. I don't know if it was the, you know, the gun wasn't loaded or he was dry firing. I don't know what he was doing. But we've got that footage, too. And all this is crazy. You know, what, you know what's really crazy about all this? I'm going to read you the story. We're going to give you the f- full context on what happened with this guy getting shot on his way to D.C. How many outlets called it a protest? The New York Times straight up said peaceful protests. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, here we go. Peaceful marches. Peaceful marches, they said, in Kenosha against the police shooting of Jacob Blake gave ways to fire and destruction peaceful marches. Right now, on Wikipedia, there is a section called the Kenosha Riots, and there are people trying to change it to the Kenosha Protests. They are gaslighting us. You know why? When all of this is said and done, when the conversation reaches the ears of regular Americans, they want you to think protest. People marching around with little signs, waving them, and American flags saying, hoo-hoo, police reform. When you go to a regular person who's not paying attention to the news and you say, do you hear about what's going on? Here's a story. And they go, oh, protests. No, no riots, attempted murder, armed insurrectionists. Here's the story for, uh, you know, so I recorded about this earlier in the, uh, in the morning. I didn't see this story from the Post-Gazette because it is uh, relatively local. It's Pittsburgh's newspaper. National outlets weren't carrying the story. They say protest marchers shot in Bedford County. As group walks from Milwaukee to D.C., to DC, I believe, we have the social media posts showing why this happened. They say the person shot suffered a non-life-threatening injury and was taken to Connemaw Memorial Medical Center in Johnstown around 12.15 a.m. Tuesday, according to Cambria County emergency officials. Milwaukee activist Frank Nitty, an organizer of the march, was leading the procession and live-streamed the incident on Facebook. The shooting occurred as the marchers were passing through Shellsburg in Bedford County. In the live-streamed video, at least two gunshots can be heard. One of the marchers is seen bleeding from his face, and he said he was shot before other marchers rushed him to the hospital. Pennsylvania State Police are investigating. It was unclear if there were any arrests. The march stepped off, uh, st- stepped off in Milwaukee on Tuesday for the 750-mile trek with about 20 participants aiming to complete 31 miles per day. The marchers planned to arrive in Washington to attend the anniversary of Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. We have this article from Information Liberation. And full disclosure, I typically only use NewsGuard certified sources because it's a check on my own personal bias. 
Information Liberation is given a negative rating, but only because they're not revealing their financial uh, ownership. They're not disclosing financing or ownership. They don't reveal who's in charge, but they do get certified for not publishing false content. They do have, they do fact check and they do avoid deceptive headlines. I'm making that clear because we can't confirm any of these social media posts. This is the, one of the only sources that actually has this information compiled. Chris Menahan writes, homeowner shoots at armed protesters marching through neighborhood at night. So this we understand. However, it now seems we have a, a, a better a better understanding. Take a look at this. They say, uh, the media is claiming the protest was part of a march organized from Milwaukee to D.C., but you can clearly see in the video everyone gets back into their cars after being fired at. Additionally, it's totally illegal to march into D.C. while carrying a pistol. You need a permit just to own a pistol in Maryland, and it can take a while just to get the paperwork approved. You also need a permit to, uh, to concealed carry in Pennsylvania. They, here's, here's what they say. They have a video right here. One of the protesters was allegedly hit in the face with some buckshot but appeared to be in decent shape. You can see the man's injury for a second in a longer video. Leftists are claiming these peaceful protesters were shot for no reason, but it's rather odd how members of Nitty's crew are heard repeatedly screaming, turn the camera off, turn the camera off, and don't show his face to try and hide the identity of the alleged victim. Was this protester armed? Did he threaten the homeowner or commit a crime, which would make the homeowner's actions a clear-cut case of self-defense? One fellow protester in Nitty's crew can clearly be heard shirting, uh, heard shouting, where is my gun at? Another protester can be seen reaching for his waistband and grabbing what appeared to be a gun after the first round of shots were fired. We don't know for sure. However, they go on to say, we're not being told the full story here. Nitty filmed himself antagonizing another homeowner in Akron, Ohio last week by repeatedly shouting, Black Lives Matter, white boy. We know where you live. Now, these posts come from Kitty Shackelford on Twitter. I'm not going to pretend that Kitty Shackelford is the bastion of great journalism. And I mean, no disrespect to Kitty Shackelford. This is just not, a, you know, a known and new source that I can go and confirm. So uh, again, no disrespect. I'm just pointing out these are social media posts. We don't know exactly if this, uh, you know, I'm not confirming whether this is the guy or he isn't. It may very, very well may be. And I don't think that necessarily matters as much because you've got people in Akron, Ohio, harassing homeowners. You can see this in the video. They're saying Black Lives Matter. We know where you live. It doesn't matter when this happened. It doesn't matter if it was the same people. What matters is locals in these more rural areas are seeing this stuff. And when these groups show up to their homes, they say, not in my town. They say, update here, the source videos. Neither capture much of the run up to the first shooting. But you can see in one of the clips, there is a man aiming what appears to be a shotgun. Now, the next video I'm going to show you, it's YouTube's probably going to get mad about, but I don't believe it should theoretically violate any uh, <laughs> rules or anything. But we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to get right into it. Take it out. Man pulls gun on reporter during Kenosha riots, reportedly while describing what he would do to cops. Now, I, I it doesn't look like his fingers on the trigger, but in this video from Elijah Schaefer, he pulls the gun out and you hear a click. It doesn't really sound to me like he's dry firing. I'm not entirely sure. I think a dry fire has got a louder pop, you know, louder click noise. Maybe it was, but this dude pulled out a gun and pointed it in the face of a reporter. And this is, look, I'm, I'm going to show you another video coming up. I, I can't play the video, but we're going to talk about it. They tried to kill a guy. The Daily Caller reports a man in a crowd of people during the riots in Kenosha pulled his gun on a reporter who caught the moment on video. While covering the riots that engulfed the city following the police shooting of Jacob Blake, 
The Blazes Elijah Schaefer was interviewing a man he called a Black Lives Matter rioter when the man suddenly brandished a gun and pointed it at Schaefer with the camera rolling. Schaefer shared the video Tuesday. Schaefer adds in his tweet that the man was explaining what he would do to cops if they pull up near him. So this is the actual tweet. He says, it's been a while since I had a gun pointed at me, even if it was just to make a point. Now, in this video, looters assault an older business owner trying to defend his business in Kenosha, Wisconsin on August 24th, 2020. This one I absolutely can't show. This one absolutely is a violation of YouTube policy. An older man clubbed, I don't know, by, by a brick or whatever. A guy runs up behind him and just slams him over the, over the back of the head. You hear people screaming, crying, no, no, stop, please. The man goes down and he's out. I mean, this was a kill shot. They are trying to kill people. They're literally trying to kill people. That's what's been happening in Kenosha. And it's happening in residential areas outside of these cities. It's happening with armed groups driving their vehicles while claiming to be walking. What is all that about? This is what we're seeing. I'm sure it's what many others are seeing. And like I mentioned in the last segment at the RNC, you had the McCloskeys in their speech. These are the people from St. Louis who defended their property with guns. They said not a single person who came onto their property and threatened them has been charged with a crime. But you know who has? They've been. They've been charged with felonies for trying to protect their home. They go on to mention that one of the individuals leading the march won a Democratic primary. And what does the media do? The media gaslights. Here's what we're seeing from the New York Times. Peaceful marches in Kenosha, Wisconsin, against the police shooting of Jacob Blake gave way to fires and destruction. How dare you? These people are evil. The New York Times, man, they know what they're doing. Take a look at this CNN. Police threw tear gas into a crowd of about 100 to 150 protesters who are still out past the curfew in Kenosha, Wisconsin. They're protesting. One arrested officer injured in protest in Seattle. That's what they do. They're gaslighting us. They are gaslighting us. Jacob Blake reportedly paralyzed, shot eight times in Wisconsin. Here's what we know. Once again, they go on to just say ongoing protests, protests. Another article that shows it. I bring you now to the George Floyd protests. And here's what I'm getting at with all of this. There is narrative control going on, desperate to stop the idea that people are trying to kill other people. You've got Black Lives Matter out in the streets, destroying property, destroying homes, destroying businesses. In my last segment, it was there's a video going viral of someone of of, of a burning building and people saying there's a family trapped inside. I hope they got out. I hope it's not real. Maybe. And now we learn that this 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 homeowner is shooting at them. It's it's happening, right there. The people are saying no, they're coming out, they're armed and they're saying not on my not not in my town. So the narrative is, 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 is that's being put forward. It's, it's a desperate attempt to stop reality from reaching regular people. Because if regular people realize what's going on in the street, they will vote for Donald Trump faster than you can say MAGA 2020. No joke. I have, I, I, look, I, I told everybody earlier this year, I said that if Trump appointed Tulsi for national security advisor, for, for a national security advisor, if he brought on Yang for an economic policy advisor, and he ended the wars in the Middle East, I would, I would gleefully and happily vote for him. He didn't do two of those things. Actually, he didn't do any of those things, but he is trying to end the war. And something else happened. There are a lot of people I know in my personal life who brought up all of these riots. And because of it, it was overnight 
that people I know went from hating Trump to saying we have to vote for him. And that to me was crazy. And even then, I still said, I'm certainly going to go out and go out and buy guns. And I lean towards voting for Trump. Now I'm I'm pretty much I don't I don't know if I don't think there's anything at this point that would stop me from, you know, from voting for Trump at this. You know, it's I just let me show you what's going on. George Floyd protests in the Wikipedia, 30 dead, 30 dead people. I think it's hilarious. They share these memes about covid deaths and they say, how could Republicans be okay with this? It's a natural disaster, dude. Donald Trump shut down travel. I don't know what else he's supposed to do. He shut down travel to Europe from from and to China, I believe to China, but from China. Donald Trump enacted guidelines. He created a task force. Everybody loves Fauci. Well, Trump's the one who brought him on. Fauci and Burks have said we can vote in person. So yes, the, 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 the COVID deaths are, are horrifying, but Donald Trump is doing what he can. Am I supposed to make the assumption that he should have done something different? I don't know what he's supposed to do. I don't even know what I would do. You want me to be mad about that? I'll tell you what I can be mad about. The media lying, calling these things protests where we get videos of a dude being clubbed over the back of the head. They try to kill him. The New York Times, I kid you not, calling it peaceful marches with a picture of a burning building. Wikipedia, 30 dead in the George Floyd protests. Take a look at this. Kenosha riot on Wikipedia. They say the Kenosha riot is a reaction to the shooting of Jacob Blake by Kenosha officer, blah, blah. You get the rest. They say a request that this article title be changed to Kenosha protests is under discussion. Please do not move this article until the discussion is closed. Protests. I kid you not. I am tired of the lies. I am absolutely sick of it. This needs to stop. It all needs to be stopped. And there's only one political party that's calling it out. You may have seen the video from Sean Parnell. He's running in Pittsburgh. It is the Pittsburgh Gazette. This is the, uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Post Gazette talking about what happened with this BLM uh, uh, you know, individual getting shot. It's happening in Pennsylvania. It is happening in rural Pennsylvania. Sean Parnell put out a video where he talked about the violence, the far left and the extremism. He's one of the few politicians, Republicans to actually call this out. You know what? I am a single issue voter at this point. I said it a couple days ago. We've got seemingly endless mass riots. And I ask only for the law that already exists to be enforced. But the, but the press across the board lies, lies endlessly. And they are trying everything in their power to change the name from riots to protest. Here's what will happen a year from now. They'll say it was just protests. It was just protests. But another thing will also happen. They want you to think of the word protest peaceful protest and imagine fires and destruction and people being shot and killed and clubbed and maimed. They're normalizing it. The media is normalizing violent insurgency, insurrection, murder, attempted murder, destruction of property as peaceful protests. They want to make it harder for regular people to understand what is coming for them in the rural areas. So I bring up Sean Parnell for a reason. One of the few people to actually call this out running as a Republican. I don't I don't agree with 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 some of uh, uh, the things that he, he stands for, some of his issues. But I'll tell you this. You stand up and say, I, 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 I love America. America must be protected. We disagree on policy. But first and foremost, we will deal with the riots. And I'll be like, you deserve it. Take my vote. 100 percent. 
I even donated to the guy. Because you look at what's going on across this country, and what do we see from Democrats? Portland, Portland mayor saying, stand down. The media gaslighting everybody. The Democrats over and over again at the DNC saying, peaceful, peaceful, peaceful. I'm sick of the lies. People are dying. And that's what they say. They say Our people are dying. Police, police activity happens all the time. So I get it. Yes, people are dying. But it's not, it's not the same. They're lying. They're gaslighting. The story of Jacob Blake is tragic. He's paralyzed from the waist down. I'm glad he survived. I don't, I don't think cops should be executioners on scene. And I don't even like the death, uh, the death penalty. I'm against it. But when you got a guy who's got a warrant fighting with police, fleeing and getting into his vehicle, it's not so easy to just say they were, they were acting as judge, jury, and executioner. No, they weren't. They were trying to stop a guy with a warrant who was just fighting them. The taser didn't work. He fled to his vehicle. He had kids. The, the, the guy, they were trying to stop the guy. It's so easy to think something else should have been done, but I'll tell you what the difference is. This Right now, you have Democrats defending a man who is fighting with cops, who has a criminal warrant, and they are ignoring the people who are beating innocent bystanders in the street, who are killing innocent people. The Democrats are doing this. Joe Biden blaming the police. Peaceful riots continue from Nate Hockman over at cityjournal.org. Peaceful riots continue. Yeah. Three months in, violent demonstrations in Portland show, show no sign of ending. Police have declared eight riots in the first half of August since the protests began at the end of May. More than 100 arrests have been made in the, in the past three weeks alone. National media have been, have been mostly silent on the story, showing interest only in the presence of federal protective agents. But you get the point. Peaceful riots. That's the game they're playing. I want you to think about what Joe Biden says when he says the cops must be held accountable. What he's saying is that criminals will get special privilege in every which way. Donald Trump is calling for law and order. I would I would very much like law and order. I err on the side of freedom. I'm not a big fan of ending cashless bail. However, if it's focused on dangerous criminals, then well, for the most part, I get it. The issue with with you know cashless bail is that you have people who are nonviolent offenders and poor people disproportionately held because of the assumption uh, or, or the, I, I, you know, I don't know what, the, what a good reason is for a nonviolent offender to be held without to, to be held without bail or, you know, with a cash bond they can't afford. So I see somebody that's arrested for, you know, uh, you know, pot, for instance. First of all, I think it should be legal. We should release these people. But the general idea, I think, is OK. The problem is in New York, you've got actual violent criminals who are being released. So this is where I say, you know, kind of like a moratorium position to this point where I say we got to stop. We got to reassess what we're doing because crime is going up. We can't have that. So there's a big challenge. I don't like the idea of arresting someone and holding them before we've proven them guilty. And that's kind of how the system operates. But law and order. All right. While I have my disagreements with Trump, I think he might go a little further than I'd like to. I defer 100%. I defer. I say, you know what? Joe Biden and the Democrats, they're defending this man, Jacob Blake, a criminal who was fighting with police, tried to flee reached into his vehicle. It's tragic, I know, but a criminal. They're defending him, condemning the cops who tried to stop somebody wanted for a felony assault char- on a felony assault charge, presumably, who was fleeing after fighting with them. He gets to walk away. No, he doesn't. They got to stop this guy. He could hurt somebody. He, you, you get arrested when you do these things. Joe Biden, the Democrats call these peaceful protesters criminals, quite literally going around harassing rural areas, harassing locals, bashing a man over the back of the head. 30 people dead. 
and they defend the criminals. They defend the criminals in Portland. We watch the videos. We know what they're doing. Donald Trump defends the police and he defends the locals. He defends people like the McCloskeys. So let me just make one thing clear in this segment. The McCloskeys exemplify exactly what's happening. The people just trying to defend their own property are are, are being charged with felonies. And those who would infringe their rights are free to go. In fact, running for office. They nailed it. A vote for Joe Biden, in my opinion, is a vote in support of violent criminals who will come. They will kill people. They will hurt you. They will target you. They've been going to residential neighborhoods across in in many different cities already. And a vote for Donald Trump is a vote for law and order. Donald Trump is not sending in in, in the feds where, where it's not being asked for. But I'll tell you this. When you have three months of incessant riots with the media desperate to lie about what's going on, they know. They know why they have to do it. Because people know Joe Biden will not solve this problem and Donald Trump will. I hope that guy who got bashed in the head is okay. I hope the guy in, 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 who got shot in, in rural PA is okay. I don't want anybody to get hurt, man. But, but you, you got to understand, as this stuff escalates, locals will not be having it. And I fear there's going to come a point where we are going to have a paranoid, a paranoid lockdown just across the board. National Guard's already deployed in Kenosha. It's smart move. But who wants to live this way? I don't want to I don't want to live having to have cops on every street corner. I'd prefer the cops to the rioters, mind you, though. And I'm worried that's where we're headed. But I do think this is backfiring. It's going to blow up in the face of the Democrats. They want to support the criminals by all means. Take all the votes you want. But I think regular people are waking up and they don't want to support the criminals. They don't want to support the extremists and the murderers. They're going to support Trump and ask him for help in cleaning this up. And Trump will do it. And that's what you get. I think it's hilarious when these lefties on Twitter are like, Trump's a fascist. No. Enforcing laws already on the books isn't fascism. Okay, actually, I take that one back. Just because it's the law doesn't mean it's moral or correct. And you can have law in the books that are fascistic, for sure. But supporting the president when he says we are going to stop people who are beating innocent people and killing others, that's the opposite of fascism. Forming a collective group or supporting a collective group that would shut down violent, murderous criminals is the opposite of fascism. You want to you make an argument about fascism, authoritarianism? Sure. I'll tell you what. When you show up to, to a, a restaurant in D.C. screaming in people's faces, demanding they bend their knee to you, which is what they're doing. Those are terrorists. I don't want to live under the boot of these people. If that means I'm going to support a collective that will guarantee the rights and civil liberties of everybody for free speech and stop extremists from destroying things, I'll do it. And that's not fascism. That's just like regular government. But they won't accept it. They use it as a lie. They use the lie to gain power. If people find out what's really going on, those who aren't paying attention, it'll all fall apart for them. That's why the media covers it up and says peaceful marches, peaceful protests, and the Democrats do it too. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at uh, youtube.com slash TimCast. It is my main channel. Thanks for hanging out. I will see you all then. You never hear it. The story about the C-SPAN caller saying, I I am a a Republican and I am so outraged with Trump. I'm going to vote Democrat. Never happens. Seriously doesn't. I keep hearing these stories. And this is kind of an addendum to my main channel segment over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Check it out if you haven't. I feel like there's one recurring theme 
people are Democrats. They start doing some research. All of a sudden, they say, you know what? F this. They either leave the party or they outright become a Republican. Now, here's, here's I got a couple stories for you. Lifelong Ohio Democrat, after night one of the convention, I'm voting Republican, he says. And he said that the issue was God. We also heard another story about a guy calling C-SPAN saying crime. And this is all very similar to another story where a 77, I believe a 77 year old Democrat says, I'm embarrassed to be a Democrat. What Nancy Pelosi is doing is embarrassing. Let's just read the story. And I'm going to end with something. Well, I'm not going to end with it, but I want, I want to show you something that's, it's wow. The redheaded libertarian on Twitter tweeted, my family fled communism twice, once from Spain, once from Cuba. My family has done abandoning what we rightfully earned. The, this anti-communism speech is something everyone should watch, political affiliations aside. Romanticized Marxism is an immediate threat to liberty. It's a speech by Maximo Alvarez, the RNC, talking about how Trump is fighting back against the forces of communism. It's hard to watch. You know why? This man is fighting back tears, thanking America for giving him freedom. I've been around the world. I've seen some of these countries. And every time I would go to different, a different one of these countries, I truly would understand just how great America is. And these people, they don't get it. But people are waking up. Check this out from Town Hall. Last week, it was, it was wine fest with Democrats who held their convention with the overarching theme that they're pissed and it's Trump's fault. America is, racist, is a racist nation. Voting Democratic will erase all of that. They truly think we're that stupid. On night one of the GOP convention, you heard remarks from ordinary people discussing the trials and tribulations associated with gun violence, healthcare, and owning small business. These weren't the celebrity elite. These were ordinary Americans. Night one kicked off by honoring America, highlighting the possibilities that come through hard work and determination. It should have made you proud to be an American. It wasn't a bash fest. For one lifelong Democrat in Ohio, Rick from Lorraine, it was enough to switch parties. He declared on C-SPAN, that after Monday night, he's voting Republican. One of the main reasons was the GOP's references to God. I was really touched by the number of times they used the word God. They put God into everything. And the people on the Democratic side acted like they were pushing God out right out of it. You remember when Joe Biden said, go, you know, the thing we're all created equally under go, you know, the thing, the thing we say. A lot of people like to pretend that's Joe Biden, or I'm sorry, a lot of people believe that's Joe Biden forgetting, forgetting the words. No, he wasn't. He said, go. I can't say God. These are Democrats. So he didn't. Yes. <laughs> the thing we say, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty, justice for all that we, uh, we are, uh, that God has bestowed upon us unalienable rights. You know, the thing Joe Biden couldn't say the words. I'm not religious. Well, actually, look, I believe I do believe in God, but I'm not theistic. I don't, I don't believe in any of these organized religions. I'm not super concerned. I'm not part, I'm not really worried about having God be restored or, or balanced or anything like that. But I, I hear what this man is saying. And what he's saying is that the Democrats are wildly different to where they used to be. They're wildly different. They used to be Christian. Now they're not so much. I personally, I'm not super, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really worried about that. But there are a lot of people who are. And if that's their issue, you're going to see a lot of these people who are religious, which is the bulk of this country, leaving the Democratic Party. When asked if he was a union worker, Rick said he wasn't. He was just a resident of Lorraine, which is a Democratic stronghold. 
It went heavily for Clinton in 2016. Yet back in January, it seemed that even union workers were lining up behind Trump. In this video, watch. An Ohio voter explains why President Trump will win Ohio again in 2020. These union workers at Jeep all support Trump. These people are mad with what the Democrats are doing, especially with impeachment. Oh, you know it. Hey, they, they play these games, man. It's a tweet I highlighted earlier. Ryan James Gerdusky, C-SPAN caller, a Democrat, just said he was switching his registration to Republican because he's concerned with crime, concerned about crime. The calls tonight have been heavily focused on crime and how Democrats are becoming increasingly radical. Take a look at this video from Elijah Schaefer. Shocking. Black Lives Matter and Antifa rioters brutally assaulted a 70 year old man for trying to put out a fire in his mattress store. He received a broken jaw, a black eye and multiple stitches. The remains of the building he tried to save now rubble can be seen in the background. A 70 year old man was put in the hospital. And they try and say that Trump is, is desperate to earn the evangelical vote and that Trump is losing support among older voters. I hope older voters are paying attention now. This, I, I, I'm pretty sure we all saw the video. I don't know if you saw the video of this. I've, I've, I'm pretty sure he was running around with a fire extinguisher as looters were running in and out of the building. And when he started spraying the people, someone ran up behind him and bashed him over the back of the skull. This is a dystopian nightmare. And when the Republicans talk about it, when they talk about these people, the people who are suffering, the Democrats say they're lying to you. Lies, 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 lies. That's the email I got. I got an email. I get emails from progressive groups. I follow progressives. I follow Democrats. I follow Republicans. I follow conservatives. I get emails from political action groups. I get emails from Trump. See what they're talking about. And these progressive groups say, ignore it. It's not happening. Peaceful protesters in Donald Trump's secret police. And I, I, had to, I have to watch this every morning when I wake up and I get angrier and angrier and angrier. When I see a video of a 70 year old man desperate to put the fire out at his store and someone runs up behind him and cracks him over the back of the skull, putting him in uh, in the hospital. I guess he's, he's doing OK. Broken jaw, black eye, multiple stitches. I'm not sure if it's that if it's the same guy. And if it's not, help us. <laughs> Heaven help us, man. But this video of the dude being cracked over the back of the skull is, is what nightmares are made of. This is the first time we've heard something like this. I got a couple things to show you. A user clip over on C-SPAN. I dug this one up. This is a hard story to find, to be honest. Ah, it's not super, not, not too hard. February 7th. Unidentified speaker said, I've been a Democrat for 77 years. It was appalling to me. I found it very, uh, the, the, the transcript is voice attack. It's not perfect. Disrespectful. Disrespectful. He is still the president. I am changing my mind. I am never going for a Democrat again. I will probably stay home. I am very embarrassed for being a Democrat for what they did in the House with Pelosi and the rest of them. They seem like a bunch of idiots sitting there. The 17,000 families in this country of our family name, we will be, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to get the full, you know, transcripts. We'll all get together again and boycott the Democratic Party. That's how I feel. I am fixing to hang up on you. Bye. <laughs> Wasn't the only person. You know, he wasn't the only person who came out and said that uh, lifelong Democrat. I'll tell you what, man. The RNC was not perfect. There were some cringy moments. They, they're trying to rally everybody. I get it. But it's, I'm, I'm so far uh, removed from caring about the GOP. I don't care about Republicans. I don't like Republicans. I mean, the politicians, not the voters. Most of the politicians, I think, are awful. Democrats, too. It's all the same to me. But Trump is driving out these, the, you know... The way I, I see, I imagine in my head these grifters 
for lack of a better word. That's what these Republicans and Democrats have always been. And I sit back. I never cared about Republicans. They don't do anything. But the Democrats have gone insane supporting this extremism, defending the riots. There's no excuse for it. The moment I see an old man desperate to put out a fire getting cracked over the back of the head is the moment I say you either stand up against this or you get the F out of my face. The Democrats want to lie nonstop. It's one thing when they're throwing fireworks at buildings. It's one thing when young people are fighting with cops. I don't like that either. It's another thing when I watch a video of a guy run up, swing and crack an old man over the head. And the Democrats want to say peaceful, peaceful, peaceful. Get out of my face. I'm done hearing it. I see what these people are doing. I see the violence. I see what these people are, these people on C-SPAN speaking up saying enough. And I hear you because I feel the same way. I see this video of Maximo Alvarez. Man, this video is tough to watch. Brings a tear to your eye. He tells a story of people clinging to rafts, desperate to flee communism in Cuba. You know, a lot of people in, in South America, a lot of these refugees doing the exact same thing. These countries falling to the far left, Venezuela especially. And interestingly, while the left will claim that Trump is, is evil for saying we can't take all these asylum seekers, you have Maximo Alvarez himself, someone who fled communism with his family, thanking Donald Trump for everything he's doing. We want to help asylum seekers. I certainly do. I want to help people like Maximo. We got to do it in <laughs> to the best of our abilities. We can't save everybody. Maximo says this is the greatest country on the planet, and it nearly brings a tear to your eye thinking about the horrifying conditions so many people would flee to come here. And you know what really gets to me? Yeah, I want to help them all. And I know that it's not possible, but we can do better. We can do our best. And that's what we should be doing. I'm not a gung-ho Trump supporter. I'm not a conservative. And there are certain things that Trump is for that I'm not, uh, I think, go too far. I do. I'm not super excited about some of the, the criminal justice stuff that they're pushing forward. I like criminal justice reform. I want to I help asylum seekers. But I get, I get what's happening. I can see what's happening. And that's why at this point I say I defer. That's what I say. Lifelong liberal, you know, m- m- further left when I was younger. And now I'm just like, you know what? With all this chaos, I defer to Maximo Alvarez, a man nearly brought to tears telling the story of how he fled communism. He knows better than I do when it comes to asylum seekers. When it comes to this violence, when it comes to people being bashed over that old men dropped to the ground, broken jaw, I'm not, I'm not having any of that. Mm-mm. So they earned it. The Democrats earned it. It's not about God for me or anything like that. It's about making sure that an old man who wants to sell a mattress can do so in peace. It's so that asylum seekers like Maximo know, uh, can, can, can live in this country they fought so hard to get to. I think we're going to see a lot of people. It's going to be a, it's going to be a shock when they see the results of this election. But I don't know for sure. You know, don't get complacent. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. We're seeing something truly interesting in the Republican Party, which has long been dragged by Democrats as being straight white men, not diverse. They make fun of the Republicans for not being diverse. They show these images of of, you know, Congress and they're like, look at all the diversity on the Democrat side. I don't believe it's real diversity. It's skin deep, quite literally. They don't support black conservatives. They don't support gay conservatives, trans conservatives. They don't. But we're seeing the rise of prominent black conservatives and gay conservatives and, and all of these different identity groups. And you know what? I don't care about their identity. I'm not focused on their identity. 
I do think it's particularly interesting, however, that we are seeing people like Kimberly Klasik and Billy Prempe rising up and saying, here's what we believe. Here's what we want to do. And coming out of these policy positions and gaining uh, ground with viral videos. And I got to admit, good ideas. It's something the left says isn't real. But the reality is the left just tries to force people who are supposed to be, you know, marginalized. They try to force them to adhere to their dogma. Here's a story about Kimberly Classic. I want to show you this. And I want to talk about what Dems are doing with mail-in voting because it's going to disenfranchise minority voters. Biden believes black people can't think for themselves. African-American Republican candidate Kim Klasik slams Democrats at RNC after viral video blaming party for decay in Baltimore. They say a black Republican congressional candidate claimed the Democrats take the black vote for granted and that Joe Biden believes we can't think for ourselves at the Republican National Convention last night. Kim Klasik is running for office in Maryland's 7th Congressional District, a Democratic bulwark, which was represented by the late Elijah Cummings for 23 years. Joe Biden believes we can't think for ourselves. That the color of someone's skin dictates their political views, Klasik said in the segment broadcast at the RNC in Charlotte on Monday. We're not buying the lies anymore. You and your party ignored us for too long. The black vote was crucial to Biden's victory in the Democratic primaries, but several recent gaffes have been highlighted by conservatives who claim that neither Biden nor the party is truly concerned with the concerns of African-Americans. I certainly think so. And you know why? I defer to Kimberly Klasik, to Kanye West, to Candace Owens, to Billy Prempe. <laughs> These are uh, black conservatives. And they tell me over and over again, that the, the Democrats do, the leftists, that black lives matter. And I say, of course they do. I mean, everybody does. I understand what you're trying to say, though. You're concerned about police brutality and all that stuff. And then I'm presented with a choice. In many of these districts where Democrats run, the Democrats are white progressives. You tell me then when you get a white progressive coming up to me and saying, hey, Tim, Black Lives Matter. Will you support me? I say, yes, yes, you're right. Black Lives Matter 100 percent. And I will support you in your idea by voting for the actual black candidate. You see how this works? Kimberly Klasik, Billy Prempe, for instance, two black conservatives running as Republicans in Democratic areas. And you would tell me that I'm supposed to support your cause, but ignore the opinions of these individuals. This is why the identity game is so dumb and I hate it. No, I don't care about the color of your skin. I don't care if you're a Democrat and you're Latino or you're black or Asian or whatever. I care about whether or not you want to support freedom, whether you have good ideas. But what do we get? It's people like him like Candace Owens, like Kanye West, who get attacked because of their identity by the left. Why should it matter if Kanye West is a Republican? It doesn't matter to me because there are a bunch of Republicans. They make it about identity. They make it about the fact that these individuals happen to be of a certain race. I don't like it. I think it's stupid. You tell me that you were once a liberal, now you're a conservative. I say, wow, that's interesting. Tell me more. You tell me that you're a woman who's voting for Trump, and I'll be like, women vote for Trump. You tell me that you're black and you're conservative. I say, sometimes people are conservative. They tell, they, they say that if you don't see color, you're being racist. I'm, I'm, I, I hate that, especially considering my family and my family's history. I know most of you get it. Second generation mixed race. I don't want to hear it. I want to hang out with people for their ideas because I don't want to be a victim to those people on the left and their identitarianism. I don't want to be told what I can or can't do. Or, or have certain, you know, restrictions placed upon me because of my race. And I don't think anybody does. And that's probably why you're now seeing prominent black conservatives rising up, 
challenging the narrative from the left. It's not about party. It's about freedom. Let's read a little bit more. Let's read more. In May, the former vice president told rapper and radio Charlemagne, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. And in an interview in late July, Biden made a clumsy contrast between the Latino and African-American communities. Speaking of the National Association of Black Journalists and National Association of Hispanic Journalists, Biden said, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. Just I'm just <laughs> mind numbingly racist. Just absolutely amazing. He later clarified a statement tweeting, in no way did I mean to suggest the African-American community is a monolith, not by identity, not on issues, not at all. Except that's literally what he said. It's like he's never actually met people of different races. Asian community is not a monolith. White people are not a monolith. Hispanics, our Latinos aren't. Black people certainly aren't. Have you ever met an actual black person and then make you make you make the assumption to them of where they're from? That's racist. It's, it's, it's remarkable to me because, you know, I remember, you know, growing up on the South side, there are people which I'd say they weren't African-American to me. I'd say, oh, I don't know, <laughs> white, black, Asian, whatever. Asian means you could be Chinese. You could be Indian. You could quite literally be Russian and be from Asia. It's just it's it doesn't mean anything. I remember one guy I, I, I used to work with. He was Haitian. He says, don't call me African-American. I'm like, I get it. Joe Biden doesn't understand that because he's a racist. And I think many of there's, there's many people on the left that have overtly embraced the ideology of racists, like the, the Robin D'Angelo who says she's uncomfortable around minorities. Like, that's not that's that's you're a racist. And she says, yeah, she is. Klasik, 38, continued her address on Monday night, saying, and yet the Democrats still assume that black people will vote for them no matter how much they let us down and take us for granted. Nope, we're sick of it and not going to take it anymore. The days of blindly supporting the Democrats are coming to an end. And Donald Trump is reaching out to the black community. He's reaching out to them as Americans saying, I'm going to help you. I'm going to do what I, what I can for you. And they call Trump racist for it. I defer to Kimberly Klasik. You tell me Black Lives Matter. I'll tell you this. There are many prominent left wing activists, Black Lives Matter activists who are black. And I do listen to what they have to say 100%. And there are conservatives. I listen to what they have to say too. But you know what I can't stand? I can't stand the narrative of the leftists. I don't care about their race. When they, when they would insult someone like Kim Klasik or Billy Prempe or Candace Owens or the Hodge twins or whatever, I don't care what your race is. Have your opinions, man. Let's have a conversation. But why does the left have to make it about your identity? Why are, they're the ones going around telling you you can't succeed. And that's kind of what Kim is saying. They can't think for themselves. They're saying you will not, you will not succeed because of your race. Nah, get out of here with that. I don't care whether you've, you've got some kind of disability whether you're, you know, uh, Asian, Latino, like I said, religion, I don't care about any of that. I care about whether or not you will respect people's freedom, their rights, whether you will uh, have, you know, respect people's dignity, have good arguments, respect, you know, nonviolence, things like this. Klasik, as you, as many of you know, had a, had a massively viral video. They say her campaign was given a boost last week when Donald Trump shared one of her advertisements titled Black Lives Don't Matter to Democrats. There's a viral tweet going around right now. This is what I want to get to to wrap this up. Zayed Jelani says this chart is an interesting way to look at the unequal distribution of victimization from violence at NYC over the past few months. What do you see? I see a hockey stick. From March to April went down a little bit. From April to May, it went up. And from May to June, it skyrocketed. What skyrocketed? 
black shooting victims in New York City. They defunded the police. And who is suffering the most from it? I think the Democrats will tell you whatever you want to hear. I do. And I think there are there's a serious problem of shooting victims in New York. I've been complaining about the crime escalating in New York. I've been complaining, or I should say I've been raising the issue about defunding the police in New York. Who's suffering the most from this? The black community is. White people have seen a a small increase. Asians, a small increase. Hispanics have seen a fairly large increase. But for the most part, it's black New Yorkers who are who are suffering the most under this. And these activists in New York are begging for the police back. I think we might see a dramatic shift, a dramatic shift to Republicans. And I think it's 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 people like like Kimberly Clasic. But take a look at this story I highlighted. uh, I I believe I briefly highlighted this in one of my segments. As Democrats push mail in voting, black and Latino voters are wary. New research shows why two thirds of both groups prefer to vote in person and why Democrats aren't pushing everyone to vote by mail. The people who are more likely to be disenfranchised with mail in voting are minorities and first time voters, people who might be unfamiliar with the system. That's just what the research shows, whether it's true or not. What do we, what do we get from the Democrats? Well, they push for this and then they claim voter ID is racist. I don't think they actually know or care. To be fair, I don't think it's necessarily about all of the Democrats being racist. I think many of them are, are, are you know, they, they do oppose racism. I just think their party is fractured and they have no idea what's going on. I mean, you've got so many different elements of the party fighting each other. But ultimately, let let, let me wrap up with this. The general idea I I have, you know, seeing all this is just if if, if a Democrat's going to come to me and tell me that black lives matter, I agree 100%, then why wouldn't I or anyone else vote for Kimberly Klasik or Billy Prempe over their white progressive challengers? I, I don't know exactly who Kimberly is running against, but Billy, for instance, he's running against a white guy. So, yeah, I'm down. I'll vote for the people who believe in freedom (laughs) and who actually are pushing back on the Democrats who have failed these cities. If anything, I think Black Lives Matter has created the best argument as to why you should vote Republican, because the Democrats have been in charge of many of these areas for a long time and they have not succeeded. And that's that's exactly what Kimberly Clayson was pointing out. But uh, whether I was able to get the idea in properly, I'll, I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. While they boast that Joe Biden has a strong lead, it is dwindling. While they boast that Democrats got better TV viewership so far, Joe Biden is faltering. And in a tightening race, the trends are running in Trump's favor. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you another brief update on the it looks like things are going well for Trump show. Let's just jump into the story. It's an op-ed from Charlie Garrow. He says, the most unusual year in the presidential campaign that accompanies it are now the top of homes uh, of the home stretch. The unconventional conventions soon will be behind us as the GOP takes its turn this week. The virtual campaign of a basement rose garden strategy will be forced out into the open and the real fun will begin. Although the return to fall and the start of the final leg of the campaign won't be like anything we've seen before, one thing is still certain. Campaigns are won on the ground. The blocking and tackling of presidential politics is what it takes to emerge victorious. Nowhere will that be more in evidence than in the key battleground states whose large chunk of electoral votes once again will decide the presidency. For years, Hillary Clinton and her team boasted that their blue wall erected along the corridor of northeast Rust Belt states from Pennsylvania to Wisconsin would produce a clean sweep 
and give her the keys to the 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But Kellyanne Conway and her brain trust saw an opening. They surgically exploited that opportunity. And when the votes were counted, the blue wall had collapsed like a bad souffle. Donald Trump had dealt to an inside, had dealt to an inside straight, carrying the electoral votes he needed from the working families of the very states on which the Democrats had counted for their success. Now, some left-leaning media outlets are hypothesizing that those same states have shifted back to Biden and that the swing will carry him to victory in November. Stories such as the recent bit in the Washington Post highlight anecdotal evidence of a presumed shift in states, including my home of Pennsylvania. Their reporters may be whistling past a political graveyard with its 20 electoral votes up for grabs. The Keystone State is the big prize along the blue wall. Four years ago, Trump carried the state the first time in almost 30 years a Republican had done so. Ronald Reagan won the state in a surprise in 1980 and then coasted in his landslide reelection, picking up large blocks of working class Democrats. George H.W. Bush carried the state in 1988 on the strength of Reagan's winning populist coalition. Since then, it's been all blue. That's not surprising, given the fact that Democrats have held a million plus registration advantage for most of that time. That's changing, however. For all the media uh, palaver over the GOP's fortunes in the Philadelphia suburbs, they overlook Republican successes in the rest of the state, many of them in traditionally deep blue territory. The Democratic registration advantage in Pennsylvania has shrunk by more than 140,000 since the election of President Trump. I highlighted something like this in a previous segment, a video clip of a, of a Philadelphia union member saying straight up, we're all for Donald Trump. And I'll remind you about the men who came out to defend the statue of Christopher Columbus from the far left extremists. You'd think those people, those union member Democrats are going to maintain their Democratic membership. I do not believe it. I don't believe it, man. If you're going to convince me, and I've been holding out for a while to go and vote for Trump, I said I would never vote for the man two years ago. Now, here we are, huh? I hear it every day. They don't want to believe it. These people are voting for Donald Trump. The polls are still in Biden's favor, but his lead has shrunk dramatically, particularly in battleground states. I don't think anybody cares about California or New York for the most part, because we know they're going to swing Democrat and we know that they have a huge population. The swing states are what matter. He says stories make good newspaper copy and the Trump campaign has many or more to offer than does Biden's team. Drive on the back roads of any Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's more rural counties, and you'll see dozens of giant handmade signs spray painted on plywood or splashed on cardboard with tempera paint, spelling out a simple message, Trump. You'll see the same sides hanging off silos in the farmlands of Amish countries, Lancaster County. Ditto with the smaller Trump-Pence campaign signs in the greatest demand imaginable that dot the lawns of the mid-state across the northern tier and into the southeast Pennsylvania. More compelling is the empirical data they continue to show every trend running in President Trump's favor in the swing states in the industrial, north, uh, industrial Northeast. While the race is tightening nationally, the trend in battleground states is looking even better for the president. The most recent CNN SSRS survey released at the dawn of D Democrats virtual gathering showed Biden's lead down to four points, essentially a margin of error situation nationally. While some say that's an outlier, it's difficult to conceive of CNN throwing favors Trump's way. At the same time, the Mullenberg College Morning Call poll conducted over essentially the same time showed Biden leading in Pennsylvania 49 to 45, a significantly closer margin than just a few weeks ago. CBS August 4th was 49 to 43, and some taken in July ran into double digits. The same is true of the other Northeast states up for grabs. 
While Trump won Ohio by a double digit margin in 2016, his victories in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin were razor thin. Did you know that a Democratic politician in Pennsylvania at the state level left the Democratic Party, became independent and caucus with Republicans? In one city in Pennsylvania, several Democratic city councilmen switched to the Republican Party, giving the Republicans a major lead. I covered these stories when they happened. I wonder how many stories like uh, like this we have at the local level in many of these states. The Democrats are currently cheering that they're winning state positions. The Democrats may still win, but I think we're seeing something interesting happen. There's a new party line forming. The Democrats are becoming more authoritarian ideologues and the Republicans are becoming liberty minded. I I, I guess you'd call it like liberal republicanism. And I don't mean in the sense of the stupid colloquial way we use it in the United States. I'm talking about the true trimming of the words. The United States is founded on the ideas of republicanism and classical liberalism. And these are the American ideals that many people in this country hold and are now taking with them to the voting booth for Donald Trump. The Democrats are either not paying attention, don't care, or have become cultist moral authoritarians. I think anybody who pays attention knows it. Like I mentioned in the other segments, there's a recurring theme here. When a regular person does their research, watches a Trump speech, they have an awakening. And all of a sudden they're like, wow, I've been lied to. This is what's benefiting Trump in many of these polls. That's why people speaking up is the most important thing. That's why they don't want you to speak up. Because when people realize they've been lied to, what ends up happening? They vote for Trump. He says, what was truly remarkable was that all, uh, I'm sorry, the same is true for other Northeast states up for grabs. While Trump won Ohio by double, a double digit margin in 2016, his victories in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin were razor thin. What was truly remarkable was that all four were flips from 2012, clear evidence of Trump's drawing power among those constituencies. Oh, yeah. He trailed in virtually every state in poll leading into election 2016. Then he ran the table. I remember, man. Have you seen that video? One of the best videos ever made. It's playing that. I don't know the name of the song. And it shows the, the cards coming and going like Pennsylvania, Trump, Florida, Trump, Michigan, Trump. And then you see, you know, Jank Uger of the Young Turks. He's like, I'm starting to get nervous, guys. And then there's one where he's like, OK, we can still win if Hillary gets Wisconsin. And then it goes Wisconsin, Trump. And then Jank goes, mother God, it's glorious. <laughs> like the outrage when Trump won. I remember laughing on that day. And I didn't vote for the guy, and I didn't really like him. It was just comeuppance for the Democratic Party. Now, with all the, all the insanity that we're seeing, the news that everything's trending in Trump's favor is not surprising to me because I think the polls are wrong to begin with. I'm placing my bets on Trump winning right now. I didn't feel that way a month ago or a month and a half ago at the peak of the riots. I'm feeling that way now, especially. Especially since I've been convinced to vote for the guy for sure. I see a lot of people saying, you're only just now deciding? Well, yeah, dude. Not everybody has the same values as Trump supporters. But I'll tell you this. If someone like me, who's been resistant for this long, saying I don't want to you know, play that game, I don't want to be involved, is now looking at what's happening. I think there's a lot of other people, too. You know, I talk to friends and family members, and there are a lot of people that are, that are you know, personal, you know, close and close to me in my life that have long ago decided to vote for Trump and the Republicans, 100%. Friends of mine arguing about, needing to end the riots. And we see these polls. I can't imagine these union workers, man, at all these companies are going to be supporting the Democrats. I can't imagine that many of these big unions are going to come out and issue their newsletter saying we want everyone to vote for the Democrat. I don't believe it. Because they're, you, you look like Kamala Harris is pro-Green New Deal. 
The Green New Deal would end the energy sector. I'm not kidding. Joe Biden wants to, like, to, to phase out fossil fuels. What's, what is that going to do to all these union jobs, particularly in Pennsylvania? Gone. And they know it. The people who work in manufacturing aren't going to vote for him. What, what, what did Don Jr. call him? Beijing Biden? It's trending in Trump's favor. That's the point. Trump says China will own the U.S. if Joe Biden wins U.S. election as he blasts presidential rival at RNC. Yes, absolutely. I think so. I, I've never I've, I've never been one to want to be involved on anybody's team or anybody's side. But I'll tell you this, man, I mostly want to be left alone. That's how I feel. I want to I want to do my thing when I tell you my thoughts. I don't want to be in anybody's tribe right now. I don't I, 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 I'm not going to wear a MAGA bean. It's never going to happen. I'm not a conservative. My views still are independent, left leaning. But there's something dangerous happening in this country. Very, very dangerous. The left is embracing identitarianism overtly racist ideology authored by overt racists. They're championing this. Donald Trump is talking about American liberty, freedom, jobs, the American worker. Those things are all fine. Those are great. Yeah, help those things. Now, Democrats are talking about health care a little bit, but not enough to satiate the progressives. But for the most part, they're ignoring the violence, the destruction. They're ignoring what, how China was siphoning away our resources. Dylan Radigan said that our country was being extracted through trade and another means, and this was years ago, seven years ago. I remember seeing that, and I've thought it for a long time. The left used to complain that we were being sold out to major multinational corporations, but they're gone now. What's left? Beijing Biden and Donald Trump. I'll tell you what. Trump says he wants to end the wars, term limits in Congress, cybersecurity defense, bring back manufacturing. I dig it. Sounds good to me. Term limits. That sounds great. I think the trends in Trump's favor will continue. I don't think it matters either way. The media's going to lie. They want to smear the guy, but I think Trump's going to win. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 10 a.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time.